Welcome once again to the All of a Life podcast. We are going through the Proverbs, a proverb a day. And um, what we're doing is as we look at the Proverbs, we're learning to follow Jesus in every area of life. And so today we're looking at one of the essential keys to building a household, including a name, a reputation, wealth, an estate, and how to keep that, that household and how to pass it down to your uh, children. Um, Proverbs chapter 5 gives us one of the most important, one of the most uh, unexpected, and one of the most exciting ways of building, keeping, and passing down that household. Now, I'm not going to read all of Proverbs chapter 5, but I'll read you a few, and I'll allude to a few of the key uh, verses there in Proverbs 5. So, here I go, uh, starting in verse 3. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. In verse 8, Keep your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless. Lest strangers take their fill of your strength, and your labors go to the household of a foreigner. All right, wise words on how to build, how to keep, and how to pass down a household a household name, a reputation, and wealth. You see, the Proverbs are posed as a collection of wise sayings from a father to a son. This wisdom guides the son, um, showing him all the potential dangers and illuminating for him the path of wisdom and the way of the good life. One of the most common warnings the father gives to his son throughout the book of Proverbs is to avoid the forbidden woman, the woman whose lips drip like honey. And most believe these Proverbs to have been written or collected by Solomon, wise King Solomon. So it's interesting to note that he had 1,000 forbidden wives. It destroyed his kingdom. He lost everything on account of them. So when it comes to forbidden women leading you down the path of destruction, Solomon knows all too well what he's talking about. Now, there's a lot here in this passage, so... I'll just um, you know mention a, a briefly a, a little bit of it, but today especially I want to point out a few things. First, uh, notice the allure of the forbidden woman. You know, I like to do a little bass fishing down here in South Louisiana. I'm sure most of you listening do as well. And I'm not an expert or anything, but I know one thing: you've got to make that ba- that bait alluring. You've got to present it uh, as tasty, alive, nourishing. Um, it's all about the uh, the dangle. It's all about the uh, the flirting with the bait. It's all about the the smells and the fragrances. It it needs to allure the fish. You've got to, to get um, the sunlight to to reflect off of it just right and to catch the eye of the prey or of the uh, of the fish. Like the forbidden woman whose lips drip honey and her speech is as smooth as oil. The bait is luring, but as you well know, it hides a hook of death, a hook that will snatch you up and bring you to where you wouldn't have ever chosen to go, and bring you to where you would have never imagined you'd end up breathing, dying there on the shore. You know, temptation makes promises. It paints alluring and beautiful portraits before your eyes. It captures your imagination by casting a vision of what you could be with it, a vision of satisfaction, of significance, of success. That forbidden woman. Can you imagine the, the big shot you would be with her by your side? Imagine the power, the success. the en- You'd be the envy of all others. But the wise father knows that though it glitters, it's not gold. 
He knows that though temptation writes big checks, there's no money in the bank. And so he warns his son with a series of predictions. You know, we see he's, he's warning his son that if you fall prey to these glittery attractions, you're going to most certainly suffer uh, demise. Um, follow after this temptress. Chase after a forbidden woman. Whether it's your neighbor's wife or a fantasy woman online, and I can guarantee you a few outcomes. And if I listed all of them for you here from Proverbs chapter 5, it is dishonor, poverty, enslavement, and the distribution of your wealth, deep regret at the end of your life, and utter humiliation among the church. You know, Solomon, having been dragged away to his death himself, had found himself flapping on the shore, breathing his last. He felt the siren song. He looked death in the face, a death he invited into his own life. Yet by God's rescuing grace, he's come back to warn his son and to warn us to, to learn things the easy way. Solomon was no doubt filled with deep regret, and he repented. And he had felt the sting of shame and dishonor, but God forgave him. But by God's grace, by God's grace, he's going to be with us in heaven one day. But I can assure you that he wants to save us from going the same stupid route. Let him pay the stupid tax for us. Um, So here goes three inevitable consequences. Well, maybe two. Two or three inevitable consequences of, uh, of going to the house of the forbidden woman, of going down that path of death. Uh, The first one is poverty. Poverty. Now, you wouldn't perhaps connect lust with poverty, divorce, adultery, fornication, sodomy with poverty. You, You may not immediately connect it, but statistics show that one's uh, marriage, one's fidelity. Uh, statistics show that that staying married and being faithful to wife of your you, the wife of your youth, um, as opposed to getting divorced and paying all sorts of uh, child support and alimony and and having numerous people make claims on your wealth. Statistics show, science shows, and the Bible promises that there is a deep connection between poverty and staying faithfulness in marriage. Um, notice a few of the expressions in the proverb. He warns that she will lead. To your years going to the merciless. That's the uh, text there. Your years going to the merciless and your labors going to the household of a foreigner. That's enslavement. Those are enslavement terms. As you work and work, but the net result is others getting your hard-earned money. You can't build up your household wealth and then pass it down to your progenitor because you have illegitimate children and various other illicit claims on your wealth. Just consider how much child support, alimony, Consider all of those costs. Divorce is a surefire way to poverty. And staying faithful to the wife of your youth, a surefire way to a long-term wealth generation for your own family, not someone else's. Now, of course, God is gracious and he forgives, but even Solomon, forgiven as he was, lost the kingdom. Second, not only is there a connection between poverty and unfaithfulness, not only will she lead you to financial ruin, she'll lead you to social ruin. Shame, as it is defined, is the stripping away of dignity and glory and fornication, adultery, pornography, especially as it is brought into the light, will do many things to you. But one thing it is guaranteed guaranteed to do to you is to strip away your glory and your dignity, to strip you like the naked Christ before the watching world. You'll suffer the loss of all manner of leverage, power, and notoriety. And the name which you took so long to build up, the name of your household, will be ruined. 
And it won't only be ruin for yourself. It'll be ruin for your own son and your own children who carry your name. The wise King Solomon, uh, he teaches us in another proverb that a good reputation is to be desired more than gold. Think about it. A good reputation, a good name in, in, in the community means connections, privilege, leverage. Imagine uh, if you, you know people around town, you can make calls, you can make things happen. That's great privilege. That's something to be thankful for. That's a blessing from God. All great things, all aspects of holistic wealth. But all of this will be lost when your seeker lustful sin is found out. You see, not only will she cost you poverty, and the ruin of your wealth, but also the ruin of your name, the full and total ruin of your household. But here's some good news for you. Jesus bore our shame. He swallowed it up on the cross so that all those who turn to him have no reason to fear the Father shaming them. He doesn't expose us. He covers our shame. But um, the effects, the practical effects of adultery, fornication, pornography, the lustful look, the toying with temptation is still there for us. And the wise son will take heed. I'm sure her lips might drip like honey, but it's only a poison that will kill you softly and slowly and take your name, your wealth, and your household with you. Listen, stay faithful to the wife of your youth. Work out your marriage problems. Be satisfied. Build wealth. Build a name. Let her help you as she's called you to, as she's called to, and and pass down an inheritance to your children, one that's honorable before the Lord and men. As Solomon says plainly in the remaining verses of Proverbs chapter 5, drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well, and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Now, that's how you build a household, a name, wealth, and honor. And that's how you keep it. You might be surprised by that. It might, might be a bit unexpected for you. But that's how you build a household. That's how you keep it to the end of your days. And that's how you leave it intact for your own children. My name is Brandon Neely. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook or Gmail. I'm at Brandon Neely at gmail.com. I hope you have a blessed day.